Welcome to the Peace and Purpose Podcast. This podcast is for entertainment and informational purposes only. It should not be considered medical, nutritional, psychological, or any other form of advice. If you need specific advice, please consult a professional. What's up, Chance? How you doing, man? What's up, man? I'm thriving. Thriving? That's nice to hear. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's a beautiful Monday. That's really sweet, bro. Yeah. You just gave him the secret. How are you, how are you on doing? Mondays. Ah! Okay. <laughs> yeah, we we switch it up. I don't know if y'all if y'all know that we 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 try to do a Monday or Tuesday, but if it doesn't happen, it's sometimes it's later in the week, like the weekend. Yeah, yeah. This last we episode, try to we try to get it out Sunday at seven. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Um, so let's go ahead and give a recap, Chance. We we wanted to give you guys an update about some of the habits we've been installing into our lives. So. Uh, regarding our episodes, that is. So, Chance, you had a couple things you wanted to update them about. Yeah, man. So, you know, a big portion of this is us providing these things, and we want to be doing them too and talking about our experience with them. So that's why we do the recaps and because Brenda mentioned it, which was a wonderful idea. Um, So my recap, meditation going well. I take meditation normally if it is – I try to do it around lunchtime. Um I make it a priority for my lunch. Obviously, I try to eat the food too. That's important. But um, ten minutes is just—it's a good time. It's—it gives me—it's not too lengthy. Um, I am falling asleep some in the meditations, but that will get better once my sleep schedule gets better. Um, but it, it does provide a lot of mindfulness for me. Um, what's some other things to talk about? Um, oh, so. One thing for me, the spirituality, I'm reading this book, so we'll put this information in. It's called The Battlefield of the Mind. I'm not sure the author off the top of my head, but I will provide that information. Our preacher recommended it. It is a wonderful book so far. It's very, very intriguing how much we can control our mind and sometimes how we think we might not be able to, but when you really observe your thoughts. It's mind-boggling, but it's so so educational and it's so i find so much peace reading the book and i think reading in itself can can provide a relaxing setting but it's got some great content so definitely will recommend that if y'all get a chance um i think there's actually i don't know what it would be called like a log or a a sheet or something it's like a it's it's something you can also get along with the book it's like its own smaller portion where you can it's like a guided part of the book to where you can write things in and and work on things while you read the book. So wonderful wonderful um read and as far as spirituality along with trying to read the Bible and praying it it definitely has been beneficial in my in my Christian walk. So so um, you mentioned noticing your thoughts and how you can sort of modulate your mind through that? Is that something in the book? That's interesting because that is a big through line with meditation. Yeah, so I know it's got some intertwining and interconnection. Uh, I think we've talked about it some on the podcast, and I know Corbin's dug into this deeply, and he is, I would say, very far along with it, or he's engaged in it a lot with mindfulness Um, This book has been very eye-opening for me because although meditation has allowed me to focus more on my thoughts, this book in itself has really made me not only think about what I'm thinking about, but evaluate it and try to filter it and change certain thoughts. So I'm getting there. I'm not I'm not saying that it's it's a flip of a switch, but I'm in the process of it. But it's 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 a great, great read so far. Um, I'm probably halfway through it, but probably something that I will reread and I'm not a big big rereader so but wow yeah, yeah. That's so tremendous. what's uh yeah man yeah. yeah I'll have to I'll have to give you the book when I'm when I'm finished with it yes um, but yeah so your experience let's hear let's hear uh what you got for us yeah so well we talked we talked about in the pre-show that I had one thing but now that you mentioned meditation I, there's actually something very interesting that I've noticed this past week. It was actually yesterday. It was yesterday I did this. So on the Calm app, which we've talked about before, there's a lot of, you know, a lot of times when you meditate, I want to talk about meditation, then I'm going to talk about values, which is last week's episode. So for meditation, I did a meditation yesterday that was an open eye meditation. 
And it was a meditation where you were just deeply paying attention to what you were seeing. It was very cool. And so basically what you did, I laid down on my floor in my living room. And I looked at objects in the room. And sometimes in meditation, when you work with your body, they will actually prompt you, if it's a guided meditation, to get as deep into the feeling and the sensation that you're talking about and feel the most subtle part of that sensation. And for the seeing meditation that I did, it's the same principle. You observe it like you do your thoughts with no judgment. You look at it, and you just try to notice the little subtleties of the objects you're looking at. And it was really splendid because after a little bit, believe it or not, these mundane objects sort of come to life. And you notice all the little nuances and imperfections, and there's like a beauty to it. It is so weird. And it sounds sort of far out there, I recognize that. But when you're doing it, it's just like the experience is really awesome. Like it's such a fun feeling, and you can do it anywhere, anytime with any object. It doesn't have to be some Van Gogh work of art with a Mona Lisa or anything like that. You can just you can look at. I have these ceilings. They call them popcorn ceilings, and they're like they're like white ceilings normally, and they have little let me think little like mounds on them. And I was just looking at the little mounds on the ceiling, and they were just mesmerizing. And it just took me out of my... It put me into a state that I was just so fluid. I had that equanimity that we talked about in meditation. And that's really cool. And Chance mentioned, when you when you read, and you're doing that visual activity, you're visualizing something, and then you're integrating it into your mind and you're conceptualizing it for yourself, but the fact that you're focusing on something you're reading and making sense of it, that visual system, since it's so incorporated, and this is a very distinct neural process, you're you're so stimulated by the visual, you actually sort of... It's an out-of-body experience. You're so into it, in many cases. So that's a cool through-line between those two. And we actually dropped a, sh- a, sh- a sheet on that as far as ways to calm down if you are going through a panic attack that I got from a therapist friend of mine. And we included that on there as well, like some visual five things you're seeing, that sort of thing. And secondly, I wanted to update you guys on the values episode. So my values, a couple of my values, and I've made some decisions today based in line with my values and been very intention- being very intentional about it. So I'm in finals week right now in, in school. And this is normally a week where everybody's freaked out and they're rushing around. And that thing that we've talked about before, where we're always rushing the next task and it's it's outcome reliant, getting the getting the thing done, all that sort of thing. In the space that I've noticed a lot of the people I've interacted with today, the students, I noticed that they are in that mindset. But myself, I decided to live in my values today. So there were a lot of people coming in and as opposed to studying and freaking out like how maybe I would have done in the past or whatever. Today, I made the choice to be fun and to connect with every person that came in the room and to talk to them and engage in conversations. And I trusted, especially for the conscientious of us, that there would be, that I would have a time expansion And because I'm doing this and taking care of my values, my value for connection, my value for love, my value for fun, my value for impact, my value for humor, and my value for joy, that the other work would take care of itself. And guess what? When I functioned, although I spent less time on my schoolwork, which is above all in a lot of cultural identities, schoolwork and career and all that stuff, although I didn't focus on that as much as I would typically in finals, the work I put into that after I honored my values was ridiculous. The, f- the amount of concentration, I just locked into like a groove. And I was just nailing all of this anatomy and all these physiological processes. So like that was really cool and it was me living in my values and it freaking paid off. So I wanted to let you guys know about that. Hey, good for you, man. So awesome. cool chance 
tell them about what we be talking about today. Um, one last thing. Sorry. Oh, I thought about <laughs> okay. it as soon as you said it because I was I was almost doing it. The nail polish has worked slowly but surely because I'm picking up my nails, but now I'm cognitive of the fact that I'm picking up my nails. So it, it's going well. It's going well. But we'll we'll keep you in the loop there if they continue to grow. I'm yeah, they will. please do, man. Please do. I'm excited to, to hear about how that works. That's just such an interesting thing to me. Something I've, I've, I haven't been aware of before. Yeah, man. Uh, and one last thing. I know I keep saying one last thing, but Corbin and I, for the record, I think all of these podcasts, the recent like five or six, we haven't been together. So we still have the same setup. Corbin's like, like a desk or something, but I'm normally sitting on the floor with a blanket over my mic because of my setup in my room, but... Wanted to share that as well, just for y'all to get an idea of what this looks like. It's in no way, shape, or form very professional. So yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I've we got make it work. I've got GarageBand pulled up, and I've got FaceTime in the corner, and then I've got our Google Drive, where is where we keep a lot of our information and our planning. So yeah, man. Yeah, man. Hey, this is. A, I think. Uh, I think being in the podcast is cool to realize. You know, the conversation we have throughout the day. You know, I didn't know that you experienced your sense in the library so i think that's it's very applicable not only to hopefully viewers but to me uh i would love to to witness somewhat of the same thing so i'll yeah, be bro. uh i'll be working at that yeah and but uh yeah so as far as visualizing but, but, i want to say one more thing one more thing three more things five more things yeah, we're, i mean um, I, yep i guess we'll get in like hey, if, it's, if it's valuable you know we'll get in at like eleven thirty-two. you know then we'll then we'll get into the content but uh dang <laughs> what was i saying jeez they have no reference of time, man. This is posted that's, at 7. That's true. That's true. But do you know what's crazy? You said 11.30 because we were literally at 11 minutes and 30 seconds. I don't know if you knew that. No, no, I, I did know that. I was looking at it. That's okay, okay. Um, that one went over my head. Like a lot of things. Sorry so, I cut you off. So I lost my train of thought there. So let's just go into the content, you mean, man. You mean, I'll jump into it. Okay. So the Calm app, it has a story. I'm going to tell it. Uh, LeBron James tells this story, so it's really cool. He uh, he tells about some of the situations he's in, especially with with uh, I think it was like a finals game, and it, it's just really neat. But anyways, he talks about this this pill, and they haven't invented it yet. But you have to imagine what this is like. It's really cool. So it's a pill, and Corbin can jump in here a few things. He knows he knows about this pill that I'm talking about, and the pill it, it makes your brain function at almost 100. percent Compared to, you know, your full capability, brain capacity. It gives you more physical energy. It it gives you, like, vitamin B. It gives you all your vitamins. It gives you um, energy. It gives you... What are you thinking, Corbin? It gives you some, emotional, here. emotional vibrancy. A high ability to make decisions and to make it decisions... Gives you ha- happiness. Make decisions well. Yes, it, it, it gives you... An emotional security that's so nice. A it allows you to attitude. It allows you to interact with other people and be the self you want to be in the world during during your life, and to be able to f- fundamentalize it, it is a catalyst for your life. Ooh, that was good. That was good. And it it lessens the chance that you need caffeine. We'll talk about that in a little too. So, anyways, yes. the pill is actually available. Um, for everybody where you yes for, for everyone and you know where you can get it um tonight when you go to sleep if you get anywhere from seven to nine hours is normally the recommended amount based on your age there's your pill that's what you we've can been get it in your bedroom for free yeah yes 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 you can um so yes, that's the pill. It's sleep. It's seven to nine hours of sleep. Like we said, or it's like I said, seven to nine hours is the recommended amount dependent upon your age. You can do further research on that. We're not experts, but that is pretty much universal yep. when you when you look up that information. Um, but yes, yes, we're gonna talk. We're gonna talk today about sleep. We are going to talk about Corbin is gonna do a little little thing on caffeine and then we're also going to talk about um yeah we'll go into it we're going to talk about exercise yeah and my experience with exercise and corbin's experience with exercise and as a fundamental we're talking about 
physical things we can do to work with our stress and anxiety. That's, that's the work today. And that's the value we want you guys to derive from this episode. We want you guys to come out of this with a better understanding of how you can relieve your stress and anxiety by doing things with your physical body. That's what we're we hoping to also also give you the little extra push because maybe you've been thinking about changing your sleep habits, changing your exercise habits, changing this or that, and it's something you ponder oftentimes, but there's just not that flip. Or maybe you maybe you've done it once or twice and it was wonderful, or maybe it was horrible. But you want to do it more and you just can't figure out what it is to get that last bit of motivation to get you going. So hopefully today's episode will enlighten you with our experience and get you over that little mound to get you going. Um, if that's something that you know that you can find value in. Um, yes. I know Corbin and I find a, a tremendous amount of value in. Yeah, man. Um, and I want to say make one comment on that. And I think this is a big part of why we actually don't change behaviors that we know that maybe cerebrally or from a thought standpoint we think we probably should is because anytime you decide to do something and make a decision on it, there's always a cost. There's a there's a benefit column and a cost column. So if you decide to do one of these things and to put your time into one of these things, maybe the thing holding you back and that's not quite giving you the activation energy to engaging with these activities is that you feel that the loss column subconsciously is higher than the, the gain column. So we might work on that a little bit today as well. So Chance, we want to go ahead and, and dive into the dive into sleep and talk about um, how it impacts stress and anxiety. Oh yeah, of course, of course. Um, sleep is directly correlated with stress and anxiety probably the less the the less amount of sleep so i haven't i'm not an expert in this area either but i've done my fair share of research on sleep just because it intrigues me because of my own habits with sleep and how how much sleep truly impacts me i'm one of those that it's if, if i don't if i don't get at least seven and a half eight hours of sleep eight and a half I cannot function at the level that I normally do. I think you likely can tell a difference between my attitude, my um, more excitement compared to the last episode. Maybe not. And also, there's probably a slight difference in my brain and my thought process. I was losing my train of thought. It was horrible um, last episode. And I made it through, but... So sleep correlates directly with that. Um, last episode, I had about four and a half hours of sleep. <laughs> last night, I had about eight and a half hours of sleep. So the recommendation, if you're really wanting to to focus on this and make the most of your sleep schedule, what I have studied is you not only want to get up at the same time, but you want to go to bed at the same time. So both of those are very important factors. And it's almost an experimental thing. So they say what you do is you alter it by 15 minutes or so. So first off, you want to go, I don't know if this would be exact, I tried a week with something you think would be reasonable. Say, you you know, you probably have a feel of your body and what sleep is that works best for you. So say you gauge it, you think it's seven and a half hours. Try seven and a half hours going to bed at the exact same time. So we'll say that's 12 o'clock. You get up at 7.30. Say you're a little too tired. And normally it's almost a feel for if you've overslept or underslept. Um, what they say is you, and it depends on your sleep. Their sleep can be so much different for different people. But what, you know, an average, what they typically say is it should take you about 20 minutes to fall asleep. And normally for me, I might be getting... I get eight hours, but sometimes it's probably, it might be a little, it might not be enough because I fall asleep very quickly, but two, that can contribute to a portion of exercise, which we'll get in as well. But uh, anyways, as far as sleep goes, I challenge you guys to try to get in a schedule for, for one week, just try it out and try to go to the bed at the same time and try to get up at the same time and see if it starts impacting you to where when you wake up in the morning, you feel awake and alive. You're not drowsy. You're not rolling out of bed. You're not having to pour a bucket of water on your face or something like that. And um, I've had some of those days to where it's like you wake up and it's it's like 
I just had two cups of caffeine. I'm in the middle of the day. I just ran or something. I'm wide awake. I feel wonderful. Um, now that's not always the case, but I don't always follow my sleep schedule. But anyways, uh, that's a little uh, knowledge base and experience, personal experience I have. Now, disclaimer before I pass it over to Corbin, I think it's 97% of people don't have this gene. 3% of people in the population have a gene where physically they require like four, four or five hours of sleep and they have the same impact as someone getting seven to nine hours of sleep, which is really cool. Um, and a lot of people might think that they're in that, but the likelihood is if you sit down and start doing some type of work, you're not, you know, your brain's not as active or your body's not as active. Um, it's more of a relaxing thing, such as meditation. Um, if you are fall, if you're finding yourself falling asleep or having a very, very difficult time staying awake during those activities, and you're getting four hours of sleep at night, and you think that that might be enough, it probably isn't. Um, people can function on three and four hours of sleep a night. And, you know, if your schedule, if that's how your schedule is, that's understandable. But if you have a schedule that allows you the seven to nine. Um, you have a chance. I've got a, I've got a better assertion. I've got a better assertion about your schedule. If you care about yourself, yeah, your sleep should probably be on your schedule. Boom. Yeah, there's a lot of things that drop the, I, drop the mic. Corbin. We got we got to figure out what is actually important. And if you realize that something you do or don't do is going to impact everything else, this is a no brainer, guys. So, um, but yeah. So what Chance was talking about, I think that's very insightful, and I think having good sleep hygiene is a great way to ensure that we are sleeping properly. So a couple things that he mentioned from a hygiene standpoint are the scheduling. So the literal, I plan to go to bed at this time. I plan to wake up at this time. And I'd like to highlight a couple more of those. One thing here is caffeine. And everybody just shuddered. So caffeine. I I shuddered. Yeah. Everybody, a lot of people shudder at this because we are in a caffeine addicted society honestly we're very productivity caffeine minded the problem with the problem with caffeine give a little bit of a science here is it is an inhibitor of a lot of the a lot of the subs or a lot of the substrates that allow us to go to sleep So how this works basically on a basic level is if there's caffeine in your system and it's actively working, especially in your brain, you it's going to make it hard for you to go to sleep because it is not allowing the sleep hormones and neurotransmitters to do their job. Here's the other clause. Caffeine stays in your system for a while. So, caffeine has a half-life, I believe, of six hours. And what that means is when you drink caffeine, however much it is, half of that will be excreted from your system and half of it will still be in your system after six hours. So, if you drink a cup of coffee at 12 p.m. and you want to go to bed at... uh, Well, sorry, let me give you a better example. If you drink coffee at 6 p.m., and you want to go to bed at 12 a.m., rather, so 12 at night, half of that caffeine is going to still be in your system, and it's still going to be affecting you and affecting your sleep neurotransmitters. So it's going to be harder for you to go to sleep, I believe, and it's going... But the bigger thing that I'm aware of is it's going to affect the actual quality of your sleep. So Chance recommends seven to nine hours, but that doesn't mean all of those hours are going to be quality sleep if you have certain substances in high enough concentrations in your body. And caffeine's one of those substances that isn't helpful for sleep if you're not careful. So that caffeine, and while we feel like we need it, it sort of it sort of creates a cycle because if you drink caffeine one day, especially if it's later in the day, and you have a lot of that in when you're trying to go to sleep and while you're actually sleeping, then the problem compounds itself. Because you're then tired of the next day because you didn't reap quality sleep that night. You either couldn't go to sleep or you didn't actually get the quality. 
and the different cycles and stages of sleep that you needed to. So that's just some, some general disclaimers about caffeine. There's a second thing about sleep quality that I think is worth mentioning, and it's based, it's based in light exposure. So at night, primordially, we'll go back from a, from a biological lens here since this is more of a physical episode. You know, we didn't have lights for most of human existence, the time that we've been on the Earth. Like, we didn't have synthetic lights. So, we didn't have the overhead light that you have at night. You didn't have, we didn't have the desk lamp that we have at our nightside table, and we didn't have electronic devices or TVs. And I want to... Wait, they didn't have, they didn't have TVs back then? Yeah, man. Well, okay. So, they actually invented TVs did before they fire. I, meant, I forgot to mention that. <laughs> okay. I was about to say, what did they do? TVs, it was plasmas, then fire, then the radio, and that's history. Okay. Um, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. That's his. <laughs> that that's what I learned in my sense. in my eighth grade history class. The one where Chance learned that the Civil War wasn't between North and South Carolina. That's when that's when we learned. I learned the <laughs> the plasma TV before fire, and he learned the the Civil War origins. So, and who was on each side? Um, Man, I listened a lot in high school and middle school. Yeah, he, a very attentive student, and. Yeah, when he wasn't doing puzzles. But um, anyway, what I, <laughs> what I was going to mention is light exposure, back to that. So they didn't have lights at night. So their circa- circadian rhythm, we had these rhythms for a lot of bodily processes, but for them, their circadian rhythm, when they went to bed and when they woke up, was based on day and night cycles, so light. So in our case now, with synthetic lights, so that we have the convenience of looking at light late into the night or doing something of that magnitude, our circadian rhythm doesn't have the equipment to say, hey, even though I just looked at a light for a long time, we don't have the hardware to go, okay, let's go to sleep now. Because that is a process, the regulatory process is being thrown out of whack because we have not adapted to go to sleep after looking at light for a long period of time. So, with that said, for us, it's a good practice to begin, if you really care about your quality of sleep and the quality about your next day and everything that comes into the next day and the day after that, because this compounds as we've talked about, it's a good practice to dim lights as you get closer and closer to bedtime. I think it's a good practice in general, and you can look this up on your own, but I think about 45 minutes before bed, just start dimming lights. There's also some research coming out of a... There's a neuroscientist called... His name is Andrew Huberman, and he talks about the impact of having lights actually up at an angle because the light source that they were used to in in the primordial times was at an upward angle. It is the sun. So that that actually has an impact as well. So if you have the option to have lower lights in your house or lamps as opposed to overhead lights that late at night, then then use those as well. So that's another little sleep hygiene quirky thing. Um, and people also with like your screens and stuff, using blue light blocking glasses has been shown to to help with with sleep and even eye fatigue in some other circumstances. But you'll have to check up on me about the research on that if you are interested. So those are some sleep, some sleep hygiene things. I've never heard of the light thing. That's cool, though. It makes sense. Yeah, it definitely does. There's some some cool pathways there. So, uh, so yeah. Um, those those two things that I thought about. <laughs> so first, um, I want to tell listeners, and I'm gonna try the coffee thing, the the non caffeine. But I I normally get my one to two cups in a day, and it gets me through the day. So maybe maybe I'll challenge myself. I might make that decision by the end of the podcast. But well, chance we'll I've got this. a suggestion for you though. You may it may be a time that you replace caffeine with some other vanity drink that's fun and delicious. And I wouldn't Water. I wouldn't recommend you going cold turkey though. Drink have decaf, and that's still coffee in itself. It has some caffeine, but that would be a great way to at least down regulate the amount of caffeine that you're taking and not have if it is bad enough caffeine caffeine withdrawals are a thing. But if you feel so cold you can have decaf caffeine or there's a lot of other really cool drinks and like decaf fun drinks that you could replace coffee with and even hot drinks so i might i might have checked this out but i i do have okay 
this is decision time. I will. I'll, I'll make the decision by the end of the podcast. I'll try to start cutting down. Cool. Um, since per, per Corbin's recommendation, but in the case you do drink caffeine, make sure you try not to drink it after twelve and midday. That's what that's what I've always heard. In the case that you do drink coffee, yeah. Anyways, um, it was another thing that you mentioned that made me think of something. Oh, cell phones. They say they say to an hour before you go to sleep, if you can get off of like a mobile device, it helps you sleep better. Um, I don't know where that's cited, so take it, take the information as you will. Um, yeah. But yeah. yeah, and yeah, blue light glasses. I have some of those. And also, that time work. before you before you go to sleep is a really nice time to spend time with your family if you haven't seen them during the day and to have that bit of oxytocin release which is a we won't go into that but anyway it's it's a it's a relaxant and it's something that makes you feel comfortable and at ease so that may help with sleep and also be a nice replacement for mobile phone use but i know that's a that's a difficult habit to crack and we won't even get in that into that here yeah friends or family um yeah those that you build close relationships with or those that you call family Um, yeah that's a that's a nice time to to talk with them and and to connect so yeah man so uh, do we want to do you did you have something to say yeah one last thing was it, it it's my uncle told me this talking about like what you do before you sleep truly benefits the quality of your sleep just like Corbin was saying with the caffeine right. it hurts the quality of your sleep um what you do i don't know what time frame but before you go to sleep maybe in the 15 30 an hour whatever time frame that is if you start to kind of wind down that will improve the quality of sleep and sometimes help you go to sleep um but yeah. yeah no that's yeah on both physical and 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 psychological standpoints right chance likes yeah. reading and that helps him to settle he, he, I don't know if you still do this, but you used to meditate to settle you at night. Like you used to do these different things that would help to settle you. And it's it's good to have a nice primer, especially when we're talking about something as important as sleep is, and about how it impacts everything. And to connect it right back to anxiety and stress, let's think about the things that having bad sleep can do to your anxiety and stress, and to your thinking, and how that affects your anxiety and stress. So if you don't have the best executive function which is a good way of just saying, you know, decision-making, ability to evaluate things. A lot of the things that we've been doing about anxiety and thinking and trying to monitor your thoughts a bit and other things, that stuff gets a lot harder to do if you haven't slept because you don't have that executive function. It's also straight up harder to do. I don't know if this is a causal effect from the executive function, but Emotional regulation is much more difficult when you haven't slept. You you have a lot of bad emotions that you normally wouldn't have, and one of those is anxiety and stress. And it's harder That's for so true. it's harder for you to combat those things because you don't have the executive function. You don't have all your capacities. You're not at a hundred percent, like you mentioned in the LeBron James promotion. There, you you yeah, don't man. have that stuff. So we just really want to emphasize the importance of sleep and anxiety and stress, and in general. But especially in this season and in this context, we want you to prioritize your sleep. And we don't, like with any other habit we mention, we want you to start as small as humanly possible. We want you to do... So one hour a night. The, small, the smallest and easiest thing you I can do can't. to prioritize, set boundaries for yourself, and, and instate some nice sleep hygiene for yourself. Because it's going to benefit you and everybody you're around. So, Chance, do you want to move? Let's move into our second portion here, some exercise. And then at the end, we're going to talk about the through lines and connections that are involved with all of these different physical processes and how that has an impact on our stress and anxiety. So, Chance, let's throw it over to you, man. Yeah, man. For the sake of time, we can be somewhat brief with exercise and just kind of go through our personal experiences and, you know, how we think that... It could have a tremendous impact on y'all as well. So, exercise. I'm big into running. Corbin is big into weightlifting. So, we have uh, the two options there as far as exercise options that we will be promoting. Um, I've, I've ran since 
like seventh grade. It's been awesome. Um, I would say I probably, I don't know if I'd use the word addiction, but I have a craving for running. I truly enjoy it. Um, as I've gotten, a, I wouldn't say older, but as I'm getting older, um, I have little tweaks and things like that that'll hold me back that's somewhat frustrating, but we're getting through those. Um, anyways, with running, um, I worked with, um, I got to give props to David Freeze. David Freeze was the guy who got me started with running um, and has pushed me along the way. And I want to tell, and hopefully he'll be okay with this, kind of his story of how he got started. I don't know the 100% of the story, but I want to say he was he was in a situation where he was kind of getting overweight and he was sitting watching TV and just realized, um, I don't know if it was a commercial or something, or if he was told that he couldn't run that far or if he couldn't do it, and that motivated him to get out there and start running. So I say that to say, regardless of the position you're in, regardless of where you're at, um, if, if you have the health abilities to get out there and run, definitely recommend it. Um, he started with like a mile, which is a, a long way for most to start. You know, I say start with run 100 yards and then walk 100 yards. You know, it, it's a it's a balance between walking and running. And... Um, you know, build, build, build around goals. So goals are going to be able to motivate you to push yourself through the hard times because running is definitely not easy to start. Um, but I tell people this, give it, give it like two weeks. And (laughs) I told Nick this on one of my best buddies I grew up with, we ran cross country together. I don't know how I ended up getting him to run cross country. Oh, I, I wouldn't say I got him, but I, I, take partial credit i told him to run two weeks and then i told him to quit i said come to come to cross country camp and then quit and i told him that because i knew that he would like it so much that he wouldn't want to quit um that was the case um he did like you know being around people though there was more than just running in itself that kept him there but uh i say that to say your experience with running could be completely different but it's something that's so wonderful um for you uh, maybe not for your joints, but for your heart, for your health, um, and definitely for your stress and anxiety. So for me, it's I, it's almost a needed thing day-to-day, some type of exercise, particularly running. Um, it frees my mind. So sometimes I, I struggle with clearing my mind. It's thought, thought comes in, thought comes in, thought comes in. And I struggle to... Uh, I'd said this, but to clear my mind, running gives me that. There's uh, what you've probably heard of endorphins that are correlate directly with relieving stress. And running in itself releases a tremendous amount of endorphins. And I think it's essentially like taking a drug opioid. So running essentially can be almost a feeling of like taking a drug, um, but in the healthy sense. So what I encourage you to do before I hand it over to Corbin, not take up too much time. Um, is get out there, set small goals, very small goals. If it's run once a week, get into it, see where it takes you. Um, please post on the Facebook page if you're interested in running. I have multitude of um, places to go to get you started because sometimes it can be difficult. But once you push through that initial however long it is, two weeks, first month of running, that can be very painful. It can be very, very difficult, especially if you're just starting out. Um, But it's a challenge on your mind. There's a lot of success on the other side of it. And the benefits of that runner's high, people talk about it, but until you experience it, it is something completely different. It It is hard to fathom, but that experience in itself right there kind of drives me to get to, to continue to run. Um, I was kind of all over the place. I get really excited when I talk about running, but hey, you can go to parks. You can you can run with friends. You can run on your own. There's different ways to do it. Everybody's like, oh, you're just running. Like that's it. I'm like, yes, but you you can go to parks. You can go to mountains. You can go. There's so many different places that you can see while you run. Um, you can run in groups. You can run by yourself. There's there's a variety of ways that you can do it. Um, run, walk, whatever it is. Um, run with your dog, with your pet. Uh, there's a lot of opportunities for it. I think it's a great way to get out in the community. Um, just, you know, be safe. Don't run in front of cars. Um, yeah, Corbin, working out. Cool. Great, man. 
So I'm going to get into to mine in a second here, but I wanted to mention something that I pulled from a website called Psychology Today. I believe I mentioned this resource in one of our first episodes, but this is just something that they provided. So here it goes. So it talks about uh, how the benefits of aerobic exercise, mind-body practices, so like breathing exercises, yoga, and meditation. So running is a big part, you know, aerobic exercise. This is exercise where you're, you know, we'll get into the science, but you're challenging your own ability to breathe and respirate and to do all these different things. So aerobic exercise from some examples, if you like biking, I think that would be a cool one for people. If you like hiking, to rhyme. If you like running, if you like walking, each to their own. And we don't want to, as with everything else we do on this podcast, to make it sound like this is a one-size-fits-all one solution, but we do want to encourage you to find something that you... We don't want this to be a means to an end. We want it to be something you enjoy while you're doing it. And that's a very important part about whether this actually becomes a reality for you. Yes, thank you for adding that. That Yes, that's very valuable. So this is a customized pick-your-own, choose-your-own-adventure book here that we're running through. But we do hope that our own testimonies will help to unlock a different perspective within you. It's something that's already within you, and we just want to be here to unlock it, to help you to unlock it. And hopefully some of the things we say do that. So on to more of the psychology, psychology today stuff. So they also say that physical activity is a proven way to reduce stress and that regular participation in aerobic exercise has been shown to decrease overall levels of tension, elevate and stabilize mood, and improve sleep and self-esteem. So what does this mean about anxiety and stress? Think about it. Tension. When you're feeling stressed, do you feel tense? Is, there a, is it a physical body sensation that's going on with you? Do you have muscle tension? Do you have muscle cramps? Do you have these things that come along with the physical manifestations of stress and anxiety? It can elevate and stabilize your mood. Isn't that something we all want? Like, isn't that something we want to achieve through a lot of our activities? To feel good, man. And then here we get to see a little bit of the through line about improving sleep, another part of our physical lives. So this feeds sleep. It helps to keep up our healthy circadian rhythm. It's another rhythm that can help us to align our sleep. And vice versa, if you don't sleep well, your drive to exercise your executive function goes down. So if you're not sleeping well, then you're going to compromise your desire to do things that are actually good for you and compromise your ability to make decisions on what you do in your day-to-day life. And also, by getting bad, uh, well, I guess I just announced that, you're going to perform less well in your physical activity. So it's a two-way system here. And finally, your self-esteem. And who doesn't want to feel good about themselves? So anyway, Chance mentioned that I do a lot of resistance training, but I want to talk about something actually a little bit different today. And it's something I've gotten into recently, and it's the practice of yoga. So yoga, it's interesting. It's a physical exercise, but there's a lot of spiritual, spiritual traditions that underlie it. It's very interesting. And I also have related to this now that I've begun to practice yoga. So a lot of things happen that I haven't quite wrapped around, got my head wrapped around yet, but I'll give you some of the gist. One... When I'm doing yoga, and I want to illustrate this feeling for you guys. I could be having a day, and I actually use this as my pill at times to alleviate some of the days where I feel that stress and anxiety building up. When I when my tendency, when our human tendency to get in and get it done, especially in the West, kicks in, and I'm feeling stressed and anxious and like I don't have enough time and all these all these things that I convince myself of. Sit down and do some yoga. Before I do the yoga, I don't know if you guys can relate to this, it's almost like there is a density to my body. Like there's a weight holding me down. A weight of responsibility. A weight of all the things, the word, the bad word that we use. Things we have to do. Oh my gosh, we're a slave to our own tasks. I feel all that before I do my yoga. And then I sit down... And I begin my practice on the floor, and I feel 
and this is physical sensation, this is my body, a lightness, like I can feel the weight leaving me and me getting more into my body. And it's amazing. And this happens on a bodily level, like a feeling, and it also happens on an emotional, a psychological level. And it's one of those things where we get into, I'm so immersed in what I'm doing, the next thing doesn't matter. I forgot there was a next thing. Like, the, we talk about getting our, our minds always in the next thing when we're doing the thing we're doing, especially in that gotta-get-it-done mindset. But when I'm doing yoga, I'm exercising, taking care of my body, I'm getting my sleep schedule set up, I'm being healthy just from a physical standpoint in general, and my stress and anxiety just melts away. It's very cool. They go in, I go into like a yoga flow, and it's just so immersive when everything sort of flows into the next thing, as opposed to when I, I'm moving more out of weight training, I'm getting more into yoga because weight training is very segmented, as opposed to something like running or something opposed to like yoga, which is a flow throughout. There's more start and stop in weightlifting generally. Now, you can do HIT, which I've, which is the second mode of exercise that I, this is my go-to at this point, that is more fluid. But I find that that fluidity just helps me to be in the exercise I'm doing and is better for my stress and anxiety, just generally with exercises that can do that. There's a fluidity and a continuity to them. So that's been really cool. And when I do yoga, finally, a last thing I want to tell you here is that it, I feel a connection when I do yoga to my body. There's a mindfulness aspect to it for me. Like, it's almost like, it's like a meditation, but it's a moving meditation. And it's something that's physically challenged. Believe me, you can find some very difficult yoga practices. It's a physical challenge, but it's also a connectedness. I feel connected to my body, and I also, like, I feel connected spiritually in some way that I can't put words to yet. But it's very cool. It's a cool sensation. So, the way I do it... And I actually recommend, if you've gotten into meditating, um, pairing yoga with meditation. Doing a short yoga practice and doing a short meditation practice. And that's what I've been doing recently, and it's, it fits really nicely together. Because at the end of the yoga practice, you're sort of you're physically tired, and you're stretched out, and you're, you're highly malleable, and you're relaxed. And then you go right into meditation, and it, it seems to lead, and they seem to be meant to be paired like that. So I've been doing yoga off of YouTube. There's a lot of good YouTube videos out there and resources you can use. And I've really been enjoying that. There's also classes if you, they do cost you, but at the same time, the sense of community you get from that is unlike what you'd get off of YouTube. So if you're interested in that as well, you can check that out. And I'm sure there are groups that can meet up and do that sort of thing if you are interested. So I just wanted to plug yoga there for a little bit because it really has had a tremendously positive effect on my life, and it's been a very nice place that I can go when the world gets a little overwhelming. So, yes. I'm going to have to check yoga out. My aunt likes doing yoga, and she said it's very beneficial. Yeah. So it seems like your your experience was has been wonderful. I need to talk to your aunt about it. It's it's a really cool thing for us to, like, like a bonding experience. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Corbin and Chance's aunt. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, I, I have really enjoyed that. So, I want to give you guys some behavioral things going back to the, okay, now, what does this actually look like for me? Like, how do I do something that's beneficial for me without losing much? And my best recommendation for this is do these things and don't take long with them at all. Like, make this a short practice. Like, do do five minutes of running, five minutes of yoga. Just like we said with the meditation, don't do anything, don't do anything that even seems hard at all. Do something that would seem like it's too easy and not even worth the effort to do it at first because it's such a short period of time. That's what my recommendation for you guys is. Because otherwise, you might consciously or subconsciously get the thought that it's not worth the loss of time and you could be doing something else. But I'm telling you that in our circ I can't tell you that it's going to help you, but in chances of circumstances, with his running, my yoga practice, it's been greatly beneficial and the best way to catalyze you doing something that is for yourself or just any sort of behavior change in general is to do it in the smallest quantity you can fathom initially 
And then if you feel like moving up or if you just happen to slip into doing more, that's extra credit. But start extremely small. I like extra credit. Yeah. Then you get extra credit and you get five extra points on the, the final. So that's yes. cool too. Sweet. <laughs> so Chance, I have a question for you before we close up shop. Yeah, ma'am. Is there anything else you want the listeners to know before we close on this topic? Is there anything else that you feel your your soul is crying out and you're feeling called to say, but you haven't said yet? I'd be very interested if there is something. I feel like we're pinpointing something, but uh, it's a good question. You can do what you set your mind to. <laughs> there we go. I know it's not. It's the thing that makes me think of it though is is such valuable stories of. What's his name? Oh no, no! What's his name? David Goggins. That's it. Oh my gosh! Look him up if you haven't heard of him before. Extreme. It is. It's amazing. It is. It's just amazing. Um, I don't know his full story, so I don't want to butcher it. But long story short, he was struggling, I think, with just a lot of things in life and his weight, and just it's just amazing from where he went to where he is now you look him up on the internet i think he has like the most most pull-ups in 24 hours he did he's done marathons ultra marathons he broke i think he broke like both shins in a a hundred mile race and still finished it it is amazing but i hope it's just a start to the motivation of what you could do even yeah, you you look, even maybe you've never ran in your life, you've never worked out in your life. Maybe you do some, but you're like, I would never do it to that extent. And maybe you don't want to, but maybe you do. But David Goggins is a, is an inspiration. So chance would secretly love it if you did be that way. But I want to be on the other side of it and just encourage you guys to not feel like you have to go out and be David Goggins, you know. Um, but go out and like I said, it's the minimum that you can possibly think of doing and start there. No, that's true. That's that's huge. That with is with huge. exercise, with exercise, do go down and do one crunch. And I, I'm I'm dead serious. Go down. Well, here's Maybe an interesting thing to do. I don't know about that. If you're looking to to do something, I'm serious, man, because it's it builds in a pathway in your brain. It's a habit. So you can even group. I've heard of things, people grouping things. So if, find something you regularly do. Say you go to the bathroom. Every time you go to the bathroom, you do you try to do one push-up, whether it's got to be on your knees, whether it's got to be... You don't have to do it in the bathroom if that's gross, but if you have to be on your knees, if it's got to be whatever it needs to be, halfway down, whatever, and just do. And associate going to the bathroom with doing that. And you're building a neural network where you can wire yourself to do things that you want to do. You want to couple an existing habit to a building habit, to one you want to build. So this is a, a neurological principle for behavioral ch- for behavior change. And that's just an idea as well. And another thing too is uh, we don't, well I don't, don't recommend that if you haven't done something before, don't go out and do it for a tremendous amount of time because you might end up hating it because you did it so long and you had a bad experience with it. So the whole minimum amount thing I think is hugely valuable. And yeah. you can try different things. Hey, you can go out and swim one day for 10 minutes. You can go run for five minutes. You can go work out, you know, in every other day or once a week or try something different, you know, find yeah. what, find what you, it, it might be, you might have to push yourself, but find an exercise or an activity that you can find some enjoyment in. Yep. It doesn't have to be what what we do. Yep. Um, you need but I think to, you there's need a lot to of value it. in any... I, yeah. I think it's it's more important that you enjoy it than that it is the most effective exercise. Like, it's more important that you enjoy it. And I think it's your idea about activity shopping. Let's not even call it exercise. Let's call it, let's call it activity. Like, physical activity. Go shopping. Like... Go out and go, okay, let's try biking. And then pair it with other things you want to do. Get together with a group and decide that you're going to bike together. Like, that's an aerobic exercise. That's great, but I don't even care about the quality of the exercise. Go and do something with people. 
And you can also build a community that way, and that's yeah. cool. Or go with your kids, or do do whatever thing fits your situation and your values. It comes together. And so once you get thing. a feel for it, once you get a feel for it, this can be a whole other concept. But set goals, set goals. If it's a, I want to run a five k in four months. Awesome. Break it down, figure it out, alter your goals if need be, but have kind of a vision of where you want to go yep. with it. Once you figure it out, there's no pressure. But, it's not okay. Well, let me make a goal right now. Let me do it right now. No. Try some yep. stuff out. See how you like it. Go from there. So here's and my, keep, here's keep us updated. We want to yes, hear about that'd this. Be great. Please, please uh, reach out to us on Facebook. Uh, we're seeing that we're getting uh, a few downloads, and uh, we want to hear from you guys. We appreciate y'all tuning in. Um, I know Corbin's very excited. I'm very excited as well. And we just want to hear from y'all. We want to hear if you're if you're trying these things out, if they're benefiting you. Uh, what's most impact? There's so many questions I have, and we, you know, we obviously hope that you're applying some of these things, if not all of these things. And we want to see the impact on the other side. And if you have recommendations for what you want to hear from us, we we are all ears. So, yes, yes. And please, if you have any other platforms you think would be more conducive to what we want to do and be able to talk with you, please let us know about that. Any suggestions there? I have one more thing to say about the exercise, and here are two criteria I want you guys to meet when you're thinking about physical activity. I want to reiterate it. Number one priority, it has to be fun. Don't do it if it's not fun for you. Number two priority... I would say... Wait, wait, interjection. I wouldn't say it might not be fun at first, though. Yeah, but but it needs to be an... Pick one to start with here... Because it's going to be hard for for them to get activation energy if it if they don't start out with a modality they like, you know. No, so no, we, I agree. I agree. It's got to be fun, and it's got to be a very short, very minimal amount. Fun and minimal. This is behavior change science at its basic level. That's why just pounding exercise down your throat doesn't work, and you act, you never do it. You know the benefits, but you don't do it. So it needs to be fun. It needs to be pleasurable in some way. And it needs to be the minimum effective dose, the minimum amount. Okay. I'm happy with that. Chance, I really thanks for thanks for talking with me tonight, man. I really I really love you. I really appreciate you. And I'm really happy about your insight with this stuff. I think I think and I hope that both this is benefiting the both of us and it is benefiting those of you who are listening. So we and we also really appreciate you guys. And we hope you have a tremendous week. So our challenge is look for a physical activity that is fun and enjoyable and pleasurable to you and is going to take you like zero time, like such a low amount of time that you almost think it's not worth doing, but I promise you it is. And that's how this whole thing starts. So it's going to be something you do for yourself. So Chance, anything else? I'm ready to wrap if you are, brother. Yeah, man. Love you too, bro. Uh Thank you all for joining. Thank you for listening. Um, We hope this is impacting y'all as much as it's impacting us. And side note for me, my attitude has already started to change with the podcast. Um, Not to say it used to be a responsibility, but it was more task-oriented. Now it's more part of my life, and I'm starting to be able to live in the moment as I do the podcast. So, Yep, I feel the same way, and I also feel like we've gotten gotten closer doing this. Yeah, man, for sure. It's a... It's a good way to good way to bond. So great. Well, we thank you all and we hope you have a tremendous and joyful week. Love you. If you are enjoying or benefiting from our show and you'd like to spread the love, you can do so by subscribing, downloading, and telling your friends and family about us, especially if you feel that they could benefit as well. Also, if you'd like to access our show notes, which includes any resources that we may speak about during the show, you can do so by clicking the down arrow, the details button, or the abridged paragraph, depending on the platform from which you are listening. We want to thank you for your continued support. We really appreciate it. The Peace and Purpose podcast is a participant in the Amazon Services LLC Associates program, an affiliate advertising program designed to provide means for creators to earn advertising revenue by advertising and linking to Amazon.com. Both our show notes, and if you'd like to access our show notes, click the down arrow below our graphic or the details button if you're listening on Apple Podcast, and our Facebook page, 
the link to which you can find in our show notes, may also include affiliate links to Amazon and its affiliate sites. We want to make you aware that the Peace and Purpose podcast will make a referral commission at no cost to you if you choose to use our link to make your purchase. Using our links is a good way to show your support for our show if you have the means and feel so called. Thank you for joining us on the Peace and Purpose podcast. See you next week.